Hey there, Freedom Fighters. My name is Andrew Warner. I'm the founder of Mixergy, where I interview entrepreneurs for an audience of entrepreneurs who are building companies right now as they're listening to me. Well, maybe not this moment. Maybe now this moment they're just walking their dog or uh, trying to fall asleep and want a podcast to keep them company as they're doing whatever they're doing. But the idea is that I talk to entrepreneurs who are building real companies so that we can figure out what they've done, where the ideas come from, why it's working, what's not working, and and build our thing too. Well, my first question for Dylan Buckley, once we in, once I finish introducing him, is does the world even need another job site? And basically, that's what he's done. He's created a site where he, it's a tech company, yes, but it, all he does is match job seekers with roles and opportunities that are suited for them, which to me seems like a million different other companies that have done this before. And frankly, as he and I have said before we got started, are way better funded than him. One of them seemed to have bought up every freaking podcast app had last year and the year before that. And I know that costs a lot of money. And so why do you get into this? Why is he still around? Why is he growing? How did he get as big as he did? And what's happening with this company? That's the goal here. Dylan Buckley is the creator of Directly Apply. It's that uh, site that I told you that will connect job seekers with roles. I invited him here to find out about the business and we can do it thanks to phenomenal sponsors. The first, if you have seen that others are investing in works of art and thought, hmm, maybe one day when I become a billionaire or a hundred plus millionaire, that's the opportunity. Well, you don't have to wait till then. Masterworks will make it accessible right now. And if you want to get started with them, go to masterworks.art slash Mixergy. And the second, if you're doing email marketing, you need to know about Send in Blue. And I'll tell you later why you should go to start up with them at sendinblue.com slash Mixergy. But first, Dylan, there's a question that you feel comfortable answering before I hit you with the hard one. Revenue, give me a sense of where you are now. Sure. So uh, for this last financial year, we've just passed $3 million uh, US dollars. Uh, and okay. that's up i think around 300 percent over the last wow. 12 months profitable yes we're incredibly profitable we uh operate at sort of 50 to 60 percent net margins 50 to 60 percent net yes why are you not reinvesting that in the business then uh we do uh we reinvest everything back in so that's gross um, margins then no so that's net after after all our costs uh and then okay. we just carry that forward to the next year and that reinvests into interesting uh growth and that type of thing. That means you have to pay taxes on it and then you get to redeploy it. We do. Uh, but, uh, you know, part of our sort of, uh, you know, ideals of business is obviously taxes are a necessary evil. Um, you know, we sort of put sustainability and a real focus on profitability before anything else. Um, and, you know, we can grow a, you know, a high growth business while paying taxes uh, while remaining profitable and while looking after all our stuff. But it feels like you could have spent that money. Like if you would have, if you would have done this thing, maybe half year into last year, you could have spent half the profits, the half that you made in the first half. And then you're nodding your head along this. It, it makes sense what I'm saying, but that's not you. You want to see profits. You want to make sure the business is sustainable. Yeah, absolutely. And we also want to enjoy the the business that we're building. And, you know, I've spoken to many founders that have gone through that sort of, you know, high spend, high growth journey. And most of them are pretty miserable. Uh, as in, you know, it's incredibly stressful. You can, it can sometimes run away from you uh, and that type of thing. And for us, you know, we're growing, you know, we're really focusing on the technology that we're building. That's sort of what, you know, consumes us every day. Um, you know, and we make money while doing it. Um, and we don't have the huge stresses of trying to run some sort of, you know, huge global marketing campaign that may or may not work or that type of thing. And, you know, the way we, the way we have, 
approach our growth is, you know, focus on our technology, build a product that people love, and then, you know, the profits and stuff flow from that. All right. The question that I wanted to ask you as soon as I found out about your company is, why does the world need another job site? There, there are millions of them. We all know them. I'm not going to insult you by listing all your competitors, but I think they're going through people's heads whenever they find out about you. Why does yeah. the world need need you? Yeah, so it's, it's a really interesting space, actually, because it's one that uh, while there's a lot of people playing in this game, the actual core of the business hasn't changed in 25 years. So, okay. you know, the first job site came out in around the mid 90s. It was monster.com. And, you know, they basically took the online classified, uh, sorry, the classified yeah. section out of the newspaper and put them online. Uh, and speaking frankly, like up until today, if you get rid of all the marketing buzzwords that people's PR departments put out, it's still essentially the same business. You know, you go to some of these, you know, and they're huge businesses and you type in, you know, you're looking for a particular job in a particular location. It shows you a list of mm -hmm. potential job matches. You click on them, you know, and we've we've taken the apply process online as well. No longer do you phone up or walk in with your resume. You fill in a form and it gets sent off to a recruiter to uh, vet you. Okay. Um, oh, it goes to recruiter. Screen. So here's what I did. I went to one of your competitors. I just typed in business development. They already knew I was in Austin, Texas, so they've pre-filled that. Yeah. I hit search, and then I see um, Kleincap has someone in sales and business development and for remote work. There is, wait, is that a sponsored? No, okay. Then there's business development manager at MGA Home Care. Then there's Advantage Solutions, and it goes on and on. I thought that's what I saw when I went to your site to apply directly. Yeah, absolutely. And so, and when you click the apply button, you'll go off to, uh, you know, that employer's career site to apply to that On apply directly, it does that. Uh, on both our site okay. and on our competitors. So the, the function still remains the same. Where we saw a, a real... Uh, where there's an issue in the play, in the marketplace mm -hmm. is that it's still the technology used to bring up those search results is still quite old school. Uh, it doesn't learn, it doesn't learn about you, it doesn't learn about your likes and dislikes, that type of thing. So okay. what we decided to do was on the surface, it still looks like feels like a job site, uh, like everybody else's. Okay. But what we really wanted to look at was could we learn enough about you through your behavior of searching for a job that we'd get enough insights that over time our recommendations would become better and better to the point at which you know when you're using our site it just feels like magic that the jobs that you're looking at or that are suggested for you are actually jobs that you want got it so we set out to build a uh, what looks like a traditional site on a technology base of using behavioral data to try and make those connections uh and we're successful in doing that. Okay. I think I might have called it apply directly. It's directly apply. That's what Does it bother you that I've made that mistake now a couple of times in our conversation? That's, <laughs> it bothers me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but what's interesting is that uh, in terms of the world of SEO and yes. how people find outside and that type of thing, uh, the two words are quite, uh, you know, you can type in either into Google and we do come up, uh, yeah. which is great. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, would like would like to uh, there's a few domain names that would like to capture at some point to sort of cement our position, um, but you know people are resonating with our brand, which is cool. All right, sure enough, I'm doing these searches; they do show up. Before this, you were working for a recruiter, and the the CEO of the company was an entrepreneurial type of person and encouraged you to be entrepreneurial. What did you create there? 
yeah so we uh within the recruitment firm we sort of i'm a self-taught software engineer by background so i always had an interest in technology and obviously the idea of combining recruitment with technology was quite appealing um and so at the time this was around sort of 2016 2017 what was becoming all the rage within the recruitment technology sector was these sort of marketplaces for talent. Uh, and some of them still exist today, but the, the business model has kind of failed or gone sideways on them. Uh, and basically how that work is, you know, you'd have a platform, uh, it'd usually be focused on a niche. Uh, so quite often sort of the tech roles were a common one. Uh, so we actually did data professionals. So data scientists, data analysts, that type of this thing. This was a website that your your CEO said, we need to build a tech recruitment firm, basically a website that offers a marketplace of data scientists. So we actually went to him with that concept. Oh, you went to him. How did you know that the world needed data scientists website? Yeah, so we were actually working within finance, finance recruitment at the time, uh -huh. financial services accounting. Uh, and basically all of these firms were trying to get in on you know, building their machine learning and AI teams to basically try and build, you know, predictive models for, uh, you know, uh, financial trading. Um, and so there was huge demand coming from that the sectors that they're saying, where can we, can you help us find these data scientists? Okay. And so I guess if I wanted to find a developer, my sponsor Lemonly has a marketplace of developers. The way it works is you contact them, they find someone from their marketplace, they make the match and they get a commission for making the match. You said we should do the same type of thing for data scientists. Exactly. And I think the initial idea is like, if, if you can automate a lot of it, uh, then you can bring down that cost price, you know, recruitment services cost between 15 to sort of 25% of the salary of the person you're hiring. And so I guess the dream concept was that you would automate so much of that process, you needed less humans involved, and you could bring down that price. Got it. And uh, if I understand right, Dylan, the way those marketplaces work is they're different from job sites, because they do some vetting, and they do some matchmaking. But they're different from recruiting firms because they don't do a lot of vetting, a lot of matchmaking, a lot of walking people through the process. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, I think that's the idea in, in theory. Okay. What actually has happened in reality, and if you look at some of the big players like Hired.com, which is now gone, um, Vettery and various others, mm -hmm. is that they realize that employers and both the job seekers, when you get involved, when you get started in, I guess, a, a more high-touch process, they expect the high-touch experience. Austin, you, you said when you get started with a more high-touch process, what happens? Uh, both job seekers and employers expect the full high-touch products that you get from a recruitment uh, agency. And so yes. where a lot of these marketplaces started to fall down is when they started to do a little bit, both sides of the marketplace expected them to do all of it. Uh, yeah. And so, but then they're trying to do it at a significantly reduced cost price. And it just doesn't work because you're, you're trying to do, you know, you end up doing the same work that a, a staffing firm would do, uh, but you're charging a fraction of the price. Right. When uh, you go to a place... That, that's offering the best developers, you want them to find the best developer for you to take the time to understand what you and your company need, and then to go out and find the right person and then maybe bring a couple of people and make sure that it's a good fit. And right. And then the same thing on the other side. So that happened to the marketplace that you started? Yeah, so we, uh, we were quite successful in that we already had a base of clients to start, uh, you know, turning the wheels on it, so mm -hmm. to speak. 
um, and we acquired more as well, which is great. Um, and the hard part with these marketplaces is always the talent side, right? The, the reason the employers sign up is because, you know, they don't have right. enough inflow of talent coming in naturally anyway. Um, so yeah, we started running into the same, I mean, I think we were charging, you know, it was like a flat fee. It was, it was in the hundreds of dollars for a, for a wow. place. It was really cheap. Um, and you know, it, it just doesn't scale because you've got the same number of people having to do, uh, you know, the same amount of work as if they were going to get paid $20,000 for a placement. Got it. Okay. So meanwhile, though, you did do it. You built the site, you built the business, it was up and running. And you told me that you thought, well, if I'm doing this already in here, I might as well just go and do it for myself. I now know all the elements here. All right. And so what was the marketplace that you were going to create? Yeah. So we, uh, when we left that business, we sort of uh, came up with a few different ideas. And what we sort of settled on was, you know, when you're trying to set up these marketplaces, what you're looking for is somewhere where there's a high demand for talent and there's a shortage of yeah. you know, qualified candidates. And we, when we looked at, we looked at literally every vertical you could think of. Um, and we came across accountancy and finance professionals. Uh, you know, they are sort of, it's a trusted industry, it's an accredited industry, um, you know, it's a well respected industry. Um, but sort of the, uh, the associations that sort of ran the industry were sort of a bit old school. And there was, you know, there was a lot of, um, it just seemed like there was a good amount of innovation that could happen there. Um, also within the accountancy space, they were taking on tech rapidly. So all of the, you know, the zeros, the MYOBs, the QuickBooks and all that type of stuff. So the industry was adopting technology. And so we thought, why couldn't they adopt technology within their recruitment processes as well? Okay. All right. What year was this roughly? 2017? 2018. 2018. Okay. So you're seeing that. Were you thinking about it for a company that wanted to hire a full-time bookkeeper finance? You were. Okay. Yeah, Got it. And so you said, let's, let's build that marketplace. The hard part about that marketplace is finding people because once you find people, the, the companies will start looking where the people are. And so you came up with a clever way to get people. What was that? Yeah. So, uh, I guess two ways is that, um, you know, you can do traditional advertising to try to get people on or the other place to look for people uh, that both want to find a job or hire someone is to look at existing platforms out there and uh, lots of job sites and that type of thing. Um, we actually started in the UK market. Uh, we're now entirely focused in the US, but in the UK, uh, when you go to a job site, most of the job listings are actually for uh, staffing agencies that are currently hiring. Um, and so when you're trying to do business development, trying to find employers to hop on this platform, you're scrolling through page after page after page of, uh, search results. Uh, and you know, on a page of say 20 results, only one of them is a perspective lead. Uh, so what we did is we actually built a little Chrome plugin, uh, which would hop on these job sites and it would remove, uh, all those staffing agency posts. So what you're left with is just a really nice view of, um, you know, people that direct companies that were hiring. Uh, and so my co-founder Will said, uh, well, we can get into that, but that's sort of what became a, the next product. So you're saying, look, if someone were to go to LinkedIn and do a search for business development, they see a bunch of roles. And so I did that here and I see a lot. I see one at Google. I see one at, um, uh, Zoom, et cetera. You're saying that 
if I tap some of them on my iPad here and I hit apply, that's not going to them. It's going to like a recruiting firm that's trying to recruit on their behalf. Correct. Okay. And, and so job applicants hate that because? So it's more that, you know, people want to get as close to the employer as possible. Um, you know, some particularly in the UK market, people have had quite mm -hmm. bad experiences with staffing agencies. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's not a, it's, you know, it's a, it's an industry that's got a lot of cowboys in it. It's not, it's not well regulated at all. Um, and so a lot of time people waste a lot of time, you know, they send in their resume, they never hear back. It never actually goes to the company or it's sort of like a bait and switch tactic where they mm -hmm. think they're applying to one company. Then they get on the phone with the recruiter and the recruiter is actually like, what about this other company that you've mm -hmm. never heard of? Uh, and you thought, and you thought you're applying to Google. Um, and so there becomes a lot of frustration in it. It's actually less prominent in the US market. Uh, you know, Americans don't seem to mind staffing agencies as much. In the UK, which is where we started, uh, it's a real sort of problem. Got it. So you realize that's a problem. You, and you knew also that you needed to figure out who the, who the real companies were that were hiring direct. And so you scraped it using your plugin, scraped LinkedIn, put together what was it just for finance people and bookkeepers that kind of thing so i think like the very first version it was but then uh we realized hey you can actually type in anything into this you can type well, in business the, and it'll do the same thing let's pause on the first version so the, you created the first version you then went created a site went to reddit right posted it on reddit and then the right. reaction was yeah so this was uh this was sort of end of 2018 i think it was about November, December, 2018, uh, no, mm -hmm. sorry, it's actually February, 2019, we launched this on Reddit. And this was in the UK, this was the height of sort of Brexit time. And that's all anybody was talking about. And so we actually just posted it in a generic, you know, United Kingdom uh, subreddit, uh, probably the most popular in the UK. Okay. Uh, and it rose to the top. And I think we had about, we had just over 10,000 users on the first day in the UK come visit the site um mm. and i mean it's still there now there's thousands of comments uh from people years later that uh just love the concept of the product back then what was the site called was it was it, it was uh, directly applied yeah. got it and so you just put it up there for what it was I, just fun really i mean we'd always sort of thought the stuff was cool and okay. you know we're always exploring new ideas and where well, we thought why not Okay. And so you said, I've got a site where I only pulled out the jobs that, that are direct. Come yeah. and take a look. Response was great. It changed the way you were thinking. Before we get into that, let me say my first sponsor is Masterworks. Do you know about Masterworks, Dylan? I don't. Dylan, here's what you're going to start to notice now. As the business keeps getting better and better, you're going to start to notice that people who are several steps ahead of you, entrepreneurs who really made it, will, yes, they'll do some angel investing, but the next stage up is they'll start to put their money into art. And often they won't even put the art at home. They don't want to risk it in their house. They want it to be protected. So why are they doing it? Because frankly, art lasts a long time. It's an investment vehicle. If you think about it, the iPhone that you and I have in our pocket will be obsolete in a couple of years, right? Maybe five, let's say. Apple, will it survive the next 200 years? There aren't a lot of companies that do. Meanwhile, art, people still talk about Van Gogh. People still talk about art that was around more than 100, 200, 300 years ago. There's something about this, the staying power of art, which is why so many successful, rich entrepreneurs end up investing in art. The problem with art is you need a lot of money to buy just one piece. It's almost like if I told you, Dylan, you like Apple? Yeah. 
You believe in the future of Apple? Yeah. Well, to buy the company, you have to put down $2 trillion. You go, well, I can't do that, right? We don't do that for stock. We say, all right, you like Apple, you believe in the future of it, why don't you just buy one share? We now can do fractional ownership, so you can have like a fraction of a share. Well, no one's done that for art. It's always been this thing that was limited to a few really wealthy people. Well, Masterworks said, why does it have to be? Why don't we just turn it into the same kind of thing as the stock is? And so they did that. And so for a much, 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 much smaller starting price, you can get in and invest in one. And frankly, you can invest in, in many pieces of art. And the beauty of Masterworks is that they have people on board who can help figure out what the right pieces are to invest in. And then ultimately, you make the decision yourself, Dylan. You say, I like, I like this or I like that. And you put your money there. Usually, if you want to go to Masterworks, you need to request an invitation and, and so on. Um, they do maintain some exclusivity. Well, if you use my URL, you can get in and start to talk to somebody over there and see if it's the right fit for you. If you want to use my URL, here it is. It's masterworks.art.art, masterworks.art slash Mixergy, masterworks.art slash Mixergy. Go and sign up, have a call, explore, get the information. If it's a good fit for you, I think you're going to be really happy with the way that they treat you and with uh, with this decision, masterworks.art slash Mixergy. Super cool. I'm going to check that out. Thanks. I think you're going to like it. Are you into art at all? Not really. I, it's one of those things that you can appreciate it, but um, I haven't had a lot of time. <laughs> I know. I, I do find, though, I'm surprised by how much of it I know. Like how, right. I guess it's it's not a lot, but... What artists, what painters, let's talk about, I think, with Masterworks, what they haven't had is someone like like Shep Gordon who took chefs and made them into celebrities. They don't have someone who today will take them and make them into celebrities and coach them in their career. And like, yes, Instagram is turning some smaller artists into, but you need more than that. Somebody who yeah. makes you admire them the way we only do when they're dead. Like you think about Basquiat. There's a movie made about him. He's really incredible. And the reason we all know about him, I think, in popular culture is because there's a movie made about him that showed his personality. There's nobody who does that. There's nobody mm -hmm. who shows him how to – anyway. Um, but the few that we do know, like, like I see a few on the site here, like Keith Haring. I see a few others, and uh, obviously they've broken through. All right. Imagine Shep Gordon for art. That would be pretty interesting, right? Definitely, definitely. All right, let's continue now with your story. So you have this and you have a mind-blowing realization. Maybe you go beyond just um, a marketplace for finance people, right? Yeah, exactly. And uh, the, the next idea then, the next version of it is what? Yeah, so I think I guess quite a while ago now, but I think we very quickly sort of shut down the marketplace. We'd actually already, I think it'd been running for about six months or so. Um, we were making revenue. It was doing really well. It was growing. Uh, but sort of when you sort of just take a step back and do a quick analysis of the market potential, mm -hmm. uh, you, know, you look at our giant competitors, like you say, buying up every podcast slot that they could. And you're like, oh, there's some serious money to be made here. And there's obviously some serious market potential. Um, and so, you know, we had an angel investor on board at that point. So we sort of went to them and said, what do you think of this? And, you know, they've been amazing throughout the whole process and said, yes, we agree. This looks great and promising. Let's move it on to the next step. Um, and so basically, I think almost immediately we sort of got to work on, you know, thinking about how we could build a job site and what, why it would be different. You know, there's so many out there. Uh, but I think part of our 
thinking was there are so many out there, but why did 10,000 people come to our site in the first day? Uh, you know, there, there's something that the rest of the industry is missing here. And what they were missing was this ability to actually make that connection between, you know, what your job search was and what you end up applying to. Um, you know, there's so many options. You know, if you type in business development in Austin, Texas, there's going to be thousands of job results there. Uh, but, you know, technic, you know, number 999 might be the best job for you. Uh, and how do we how do we figure that out and how do we get it to you? And so we just got to work on figuring that out uh, while at the same time trying to figure out how this thing was going to make money. I'm looking at that original Reddit post. It only got 32 upvotes. And that no, led... Am I looking at the wrong one? Yeah, I think so. Oh, okay. All right. Um, I guess the one I'm looking at is in UK jobs. Maybe there's another one that you put up there. Yeah. All right. I thought, wow, can you really get that many hits from, from so few people? All right. So where was the money going to come from? I saw the post that I mentioned. It said... We do have some recruiters on the site. And then I thought you were going to say that's how we pay the bills. But no, you said report them and we'll get them off the site. Where was the money coming from or going to come from in the beginning? Yeah, so initially, um, we didn't really have a sense. So what we kind of thought we had to do is we'd sort of build this aggregated network uh, of all these jobs from all these different sites. We mm -hmm. would apply our filter to them, have an amazing experience. All these people would come and then would go to direct companies and say, hey, do you want to sponsor a post and uh, sort okay. of have a prominent on the thing? That was kind of our initial idea. And, you know, we thought around things like, you know, you could have like a glass door style page about your company and that type of thing. Um, and what we actually found out was that uh, there's an entire network of different job sites uh, that actually buy and sell traffic from each other. So if you, Andrew, have your own job site and you're focusing on, you know, uh, tech professionals mm -hmm. and I have my site and I don't have those jobs, we could do like a share agreement where, you know, your ah. jobs will go on my site, my jobs will go on your site and we pay each other for the traffic that we share. Yeah. And so basically, because we got a lot of attention early on, we had all these little job sites and big, you know, some of the big players that we spoke about earlier, uh, reaching out to us saying, hey, we'll pay you every time you send a user to us. Uh, and that was kind of like, okay, we could do that. So we'd get inventory really easily. We wouldn't have to scrape sites and about get annoyed because with they would give you their own, they would give you their inventory. And all you have to do is filter out the ones that don't work for you. Okay. Exactly. And then every time we sent a user to them, uh, they'd pay us. Uh, and so that was pretty cool. Uh, and so we started to build out the systems to take in those jobs and uh, filter them out accordingly. Okay. All right. And so is that today still where your revenue is coming from? So the majority of our revenue now comes directly from employers um, or employers' recruitment marketing agencies. So if you're a big employer, you're not going around to individual publishers to mm -hmm. post your jobs online you go to a marketing agency that specializes in recruitment media buying uh ah. and then they will liaise with us and distribute it so we Got work it. with um almost every recruitment marketing agency in north america now okay. uh and so they will uh, post inventory on our site uh, on behalf of their clients all right. So now I get a sense now of where you're getting the jobs. This is already what's being listed on other platforms. And well, you're not scraping anymore, right? 
no, we're it's not. not from scraping. It's you're getting it from the other platforms because they're giving it to you. You just need to organize it and then make the site intelligent enough so that you're passing the right job to the right applicant. Okay, okay. we'll get back to that in a second. I see where the revenue is coming from. What about the the uh, audience, the 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 job seekers? Yeah, so we're actually this is sort of where we broke away from what everyone else in our industry does. So I mentioned that people buy and sell traffic from each other. Uh, we only sell, so we don't buy traffic from mm -hmm. anyone else. Uh, and the reason that's important is so the way in which we're paid initially was for every click. Um, we've now evolved that relationship with our clients and the industry is evolving towards this as well, where we only get paid for a successful application. So a user has to go through the recruitment, the application process. When they complete that, then we get uh, paid a nominal amount for that completed application. Uh, and so what that means is that the quality, if you want to make it, in, you know, what a lot of uh, our competitors do is they're still focusing on clicks. And for example, they might get 20 cents for every click they send out. So their entire business is around how do we maximize the number of clicks that we send to the site for better or for worse. Um, and to put some sort of metrics into place here, when you just, when you operate in sort of that click arbitrage game, you know, they're, they're basically buying a click for 15 cents, selling it for 20 cents, and they just keep doing that over and over and over again to try and make a little margin. Uh, if you send, basically they get a conversion rate, which is how many of those people actually apply to the job of around three to 4%. So for every hundred clicks, around three to four applicants will come out the end of that. For us, you know, as a small site with limited money, we can't afford to buy in millions of users every month. So what we had to do instead was focus on building an experience that people would actually come back and keep using us multiple times over. Uh, and so we did that, and then we got our clients to pay us for every conversion, for every applicant they received. So what we are able to do through making an amazing experience was get a conversion rate of around 42%. So for every 100 clicks that we send, we get around 42 completed applications. Wow. Uh, which is, is over 10x what the rest of the industry achieve. Uh, and because, you know, the numbers kind of speak for themselves, but because that experience works so well for people, because people actually find the job they're looking for, uh, we're able to uh, retain users. They keep coming back. They do tell other people about them, uh, about the site. Uh, and we've just grown organically. Um, and we're now at just over a million monthly unique users. I look to see if you're getting traffic from somewhere. It seems like you're not. It seems like it's all search and referral, yes. meaning direct uh, direct type in. That's it. Yeah. The little bit of social that I see you do at all is only LinkedIn. Yeah. And most of that is kind of, um, uh, you know, our sort of personal pages and that type of thing. And people click through. And... Are you good at SEO? Doesn't seem like I... you're especially good at it. Yeah, I think we've, you know, that's a big part of our business. You know, there's kind of two core parts to our business. The first is sort of our job search matching tech. Okay. Uh, and the second part is, uh, you know, that SEO part because that's critical to where we get So what traffic. are you doing for SEO? I guess I'm glad I asked. I don't see your SEO strategy. Yeah, so it's kind of probably more simple than people make it out to be. Mm -hmm. uh, for us, it's having... You know, your underlying tech has to be really good. Your site has to be fast, responsive, 
Content has to be up to date. Content has to be clean. That's a big part. The second part is you've actually got to provide, or we believe you've got to provide value to your users. So if you just take in a job post or any sort of content and you just display it as is to the user, you're not adding any value to their experience. Uh, so, you know, from an SEO perspective, you're not seen as that valuable compared to the thousands of other sites there. Um, so what's critical to our strategy and when it comes into matching people with jobs as well is we import around 10 million jobs every day our system looks at and we apply between 50 to 60 different processes on every single job uh, so we do everything from trying to extract salaries uh, bonuses benefits um, we look at working hours and if the job offers remote work um, we try and figure out exactly what building the job's office is in uh, and we then display this information to users sort of extrapolating uh, the data that we've got there. What's a and job where I can see that? that? I've, I've looked for that because I did see that one of the types of searches that leads over to directly apply is questions about salary, mm -hmm. right? Where people are typing into Google a company name and then salary to get a sense of what they could expect to get paid. But when I go to your site, I don't, I don't know what to look for where I can see an example of that kind of rich content. Yeah, so on any sort of job post, mm -hmm. uh, if, if we can find the salary, we'll extract it. Um, we also have a salary section where you can find salary data on particular job titles. Oh, there it is at the very top. There's a whole section called salaries. Got it. So I need to, I guess, log in in order to uncover the salary? It's, it's all completely open. So you should just be able to click on anything in there. And oh, up. got it. Okay, let's look at bookkeeper. Uh, how much do bookkeepers earn in the United States? 2308. Got it. Okay. These are the and states so, and what they pay. Uh -huh. And so we pull, we extract all this from real job posts. Uh, and so it gives a really good sense. Um, and it's been particularly interesting over the last couple of years because we see trends as the economy grows and shrinks and we have pandemics and all that type of thing. We see in real time what occurs to this. Um, I saw that sort of where metrics. you were writing trends articles somewhere. I don't know if you still do that. Do you still do that? Uh, we do occasionally. Uh, it's uh, um, it's one of those things that if there's something particularly interesting to talk about, we will. Oh, there it is. Like there's one about the future of remote working. And all right, I should say the second sponsor is a company called Send in Blue. I was not sure. Like, how do I talk up Send in Blue? There's so many email marketing companies. And then as I had a private conversation with someone who I interviewed, he said that one of the problems that he had was that email marketing is expensive. And I said, come on, it's not that expensive. And he said, yes, it is. I said, but you, you're making enough money. He goes, yes, it's true. But as it builds up, especially if you're working with clients, you can see the price go up as their email list goes up. And so frankly, between you and me, as I was talking about him, I said, let me talk about in one of my ad spots, let me talk about that. And boy, did that resonate with my guests, with my audience. And so the point is this. What I'm noticing is that there are a lot of people who will obviously see the value of email marketing. So they'll sign up for maybe one of the free services, one of the services that they heard about somewhere, and then they're in. And when they get started, they say, it's pretty inexpensive. And now I have email marketing and it just works. Old technology, of course, I'm not being charged much. And maybe they look at that slider where you get to slide over and see how much it's going to cost if you have what, a 10,000 email list, 50, 100,000, a million, whatever. And they look at it and says, ah, I'll deal with that problem later on. That'll be a good problem to have when it's expensive. But they don't think about it. Meanwhile, 
email does start to build because people sign up for email list. And then as it builds up, even people who unsubscribe, some email services still count them as subscribers and you have to pay for them too. And so these list owners pay a lot of money. And when they got started, they were told, you own your list, you can take it to any other service provider. They realized, well, yeah, technically I could, but then people who maybe weren't getting my email will start getting my email and they'll forget that they signed up two years ago and they'll hit the spam button and then I'll, I'll be considered a spammer. Or it's built into their site where all their forms are and they won't, they won't have the patience, the time, and they won't be able to shift away. And so they're stuck. Well, experienced entrepreneurs know about that and they do not want to get stuck and they want a service that has all the features, marketing automation, tagging, everything that you're looking for in email marketing and will stay inexpensive even as the business grows. If you look up Send in Blue, look at how much funding they've had, look at how successful the business is, look at how big their customers are, look it up in every service that you want. Do what I did before I interviewed someone who sold this company to them. You will see how, how much of a uh, bulletproof company they are. And you'll appreciate that one of the big things that they have to offer is their price starts out low and stays low. If you want to get started with Send in Blue right now, I've got a special offer for you. If you go to sendinblue.com slash Mixergy, you're going to get a lower price than everyone else does. And you get a good service. Just go check them out. And of course, recommend them to your friends who are getting into email marketing. Sendinblue.com slash Mixergy. You guys have a email marketing uh, strategy, Dylan? Interestingly, we actually do a lot more SMS than we do email. Um, so in, in our space, the email is kind of overdone and done very poorly. Uh, people's experience with it is pretty poor. So what we do is we focus on sort of, you know, a high, a high barrier to entry. So, you know, people really want to sign up for what they're getting. And we do things like, um, you know, if you're on a job and you're not quite ready to apply to it now, you can click, you know, remind me to apply later and set a time and your message and remind you to apply and that has amazing conversions and you know people come and use our site uh we don't need to sort of spam them with stuff that's quite unique to us um we probably should have a a, a general marketing strategy there around it but. i think that makes sense but by the way i should say coming back to the sponsor send in blue does chat marketing they do sms marketing it's all in there i don't want to i guess i'm emphasizing email but i should be saying it's a much broader collection of tools it's all the the marketing tools that you that you need to reach your audience. Um, what about the community? I noticed that next to a lot of the job pages, there's a community button where I guess you could talk about these jobs. And for a lot of um, positions, especially ones that are lower paid, where there there's well, where where it's lower paid and where you're not a full-time employee there's a question about what's the treatment like how what are the tips like and all that and i could understand people talking about it how active is that community and i don't see that community conversation on the pages for those uh jobs yeah so it's saying that it's actually a concept that we came up with a while ago uh and it's something that we want to better integrate into you know if you're looking at a particular company or a type of job it would surface conversations around you know, that particular job or company or that type of thing. Um, it, it's probably the, the the part of our site that needs a bit more love compared to, you know, we really do focus on the core job matching and the, the data extraction stuff. Um, but, you know, uh, in the conversations that do happen on there, it's definitely quite rich and people do find it useful. Um, also from an SEO perspective, you know, that user generated content is great. Um, we, you know, I think that's definitely sort of one of our plans for the next couple of months is to really, you know, 
enhance the use of that to sort of help people with their job search because it is a powerful thing. Where, what do you do to have that job matching? Yeah, so in terms of matching, so how it's traditionally done is simple, just sort of Boolean logic uh, and searching. So, uh, so you know, you type in, you know, business development in Austin, Texas. It sort of looks up business development related sort of keywords, finds a location, and that's basically it. What our sort of hypothesis was, and this is going back to the beginning, is could you... Uh, and sort of coming back to the marketplace idea, what a lot of people try to do is, okay, if we got a user to spend 10 minutes telling us everything about their life and their career ambitions, and we got all of this data, would that then help us do matching? And the answer is yes, but most people don't want to spend 10 minutes of their life giving you their life story for something, for some outcome that they may or may not like, uh, or they may not get the results or whatever. So people are quite hesitant to do that. Um, so what we thought is, could we do it sort of based on their behavior? So as you're clicking around the site and you're looking at different jobs, we're constantly analyzing what you're doing and your behavior. And then that feeds back into a model, which then helps us predict jobs in the future. So an example could be, you know, and we look at, uh, I think it's around four dozen different metrics. So how long you look at a job, what type of companies you're looking at. Uh, what part of the job description are you looking at? Do you look at the benefits section or the requirements section or the location section? Uh, are you looking at jobs with a particular salary? Are you only clicking on jobs that offer remote work? And because we go through this extraction process on all these jobs before they go on our site, we're able to figure out what metrics are most important to you. And then as you keep using the site, you know, our suggestions just get better and better and better. Uh, to a point at which we can get those crazy high conversion rates I was talking about earlier because the jobs just match. Uh, and it's a it's a system that doesn't involve you typing in lots of stuff. It's just based on your real behavior of searching for a job. Um, and I believe we're one of the only companies to do it like this in job search. I did notice that when I went to one job listing and then I hit the back arrow on my browser, immediately I got a dialogue box that says other jobs you might like. So obviously mm -hmm. I went to that one. I didn't like it, didn't want to apply, came back here and you're giving me a couple of others that are, uh, that are the similar. idea is, is that we'll keep sort of updating, uh, the more searching you do and they just get better and better and better. And it's often things that, um, you know, it is around things like salaries and that type of thing. So we figured out, you know, we could ask you as a user into your desired salary, or we know from you just clicking on a few jobs, we can get a pretty good guess with very good accuracy what salaries you're looking for. And it removes that friction for the job seeker. Uh, and people just describe it as kind of working like magic, uh, which is why they come back, because they're just kind of surprised that the results that they see uh, magically match what they're looking for. All right. The site is back up. It was up pretty quickly afterwards. How many people on the team and who's handling this? Yeah, so there's six of us. Um, five of us are engineers, uh, and actually to try and solve some of these sort of peaks in traffic, we're actually about to open up a, uh, engineering office in New Zealand, uh, which is where I'm from, uh, and also one of our senior engineers, um, is from, uh, so it's home for us and for, for time zones, it's a good, uh, you know, while we're asleep, they're awake type of thing. Uh, so it's really cool.
Um, and then, yeah, some somebody on the team would have just picked up that error and fixed that one up. Um, All right. It must feel good to have this up. I know that one of the challenges, as we've talked before, is that you are underfunded, but you do not want to take more funding, huh? No, not at all. <laughs> that's it. Just want to be profitable. Yeah. Um, that That's our sort of goal in business. Not so much to create a lifestyle business, but, you know, to really just sort of enjoy what we do and focus on, you know, building product and building tech and actually helping people. You know, we're in this really cool position where, you know, tens of thousands of people use our site every day to find jobs. Uh, and uh, we don't have to worry about pleasing investors or, you know, stupid growth for the sake of growth. And, you know, we don't have to do anything untoward towards our users or our employers to get that growth. Uh, we can do it entirely on our own terms. And, you know, we love that. So what do you do with your extra time since you're not sweating every detail? Not at, well, not that you're not sweating details since you're not trying to triple and grow really fast every week. Oh, I literally have very little free time. That's it. So you're still working just as hard. Yeah. But you don't have the no. stress, it seems like you're saying. I think it's different types of stresses. So, you know, I, you know, I spend all of my day uh, and nights thinking about product and, you know, how we can genuinely make a better product for our users. Um, I don't have to think about how am I going to get a graph to show X percent growth this month or, you know, anything like that. Um, Dylan, how so, do you do that? How do you talk to your customers? Like, what do you do to understand that this is what they're looking for? And you've got a marketplace, so you need to do that with both sides, right? What do you do? Yeah, yeah. So for the uh, so for the uh, for the job seeker side of the equation, uh, that's incredibly data driven because we can make a, ch a product change or an algorithm change, and we can see within minutes how uh, how that how that impacts their search uh, in a positive way or a negative way. And we are really good at analyzing the data on that. Um, and we're constantly pushing updates to that. Uh, from the employer side, you know, every company wants to see more candidates, qualified candidates in their inbox for jobs. Um, and they're pretty vocal to us uh, when things are going right and when things are going wrong. Um, and more often than not, they go right. Uh, you know, our sort of biggest problem is they just want more volume from us than uh, we can provide. But again, we always sort of say to them, you know, we're always only going to send you high quality rather than, you know, an inbox full of less high quality stuff. Um, and that feedback loop's great. Um, working with some of these large recruitment marketing agencies, uh, you know, one agency can deal with, you know, a good chunk of the Fortune 500. Uh, so they have a really good sense as to what their clients are looking for across sort of corporate America. Uh, and we're able to react to their demands in near real time. Uh, and that's really cool about being a small, nimble team as well. You know, we don't have to go through multiple layers of bureaucracy and meetings and stuff to make changes. You know, a client can request something at midday and it'll be shipped by 3 p.m. It's amazing how far you've come from that one Reddit post. It's like a company built out of out of a Reddit post. I did find that post and uh, yeah, it definitely had more upvotes than I thought. It's in yeah. the r slash United Kingdom subreddit. It's got 3,300 upvotes and a lot of action in the chat, including people just kind of making fun of the recruiters that they saw yeah. on their site. <laughs> I think the top vote was, you said, uh, we don't have any recruiters or scams. And the top uh, comment was, are there any jobs left after the recruiter and, <laughs> and scam yeah. posts? Love that one. All 
All right. Thanks so much for being on here. The site for people who want to check it out is directlyapply.com. And I want to thank the two sponsors who made this interview happen. The first, if you're looking to consider or actually ready to make an investment in art, check out masterworks.art slash Mixergy. And second, when you're doing email marketing or SMS or chat, basically the whole collection of direct to your users uh, software, it's available at sendinblue.com slash Mixergy, sendinblue.com slash Mixergy. Dylan, good to have you here. Yeah, thank you so much, Andrew. Thanks. Thanks, everyone.